Hello, everybody. Uh, today, in our Interviews with Experts series, we have Tina Biro joining us. Tina is a business coach specializing in work-life balance. Uh, she has a master's in psychology and has recently been accepted as a volunteer with TEDx in Melbourne. So welcome to the interview today, Tina. Thank you very much. Tell me a little bit about how you became a high achiever. What drove you, what inspired you so much to become a high achiever? Um, well, that, that really stems from my childhood and um, our, our background, basically um, a refugee. So uh, we lived in a refugee camp for almost two years before coming to Australia. And, you know, my parents worked really, really hard to get us out here and, and then once we got to Australia there were so many challenges and obstacles that we had to go through obviously learning the language and, and trying to find work and um, yeah there was a lot of discrimination and um, I remember being bullied and that sort of thing but there was always just seeing my parents being so determined to give us a future and education and how much they valued that really inspired me and drove me to want to um, I guess make the most of it because not everybody's lucky enough to come to a country like Australia. Not everybody's lucky enough to um, get the get such an amazing education and have, have the opportunities that we were able to have because of my parents' determination. And so there was always this, this driving force inside me that, um, one, I wanted to make something of myself because we were lucky enough to, to have these opportunities through my parents' hard work and obviously wanting to make them proud and, um, I guess, make the sacrifice worth it. Yep, okay. And so you, you came out from war-torn Bosnia or Yugoslavia, and this was in the early 90s, was it? Yeah, so we left in the early 90s, in 91, um, mm -hmm. when the Civil War broke out. We actually ended up in Sweden for a couple of years. So my parents didn't really have the intention to come to Australia. We wanted to stay in Europe, uh, where all our family is still based. Mm -hmm but things were not to be that way. And uh, we obviously couldn't go back to our country because we had left and um, dad had been conscripted into the war. So he probably would have been jailed, if not worse, if we had have gone back. Um, and so we ended up in a refugee camp in Hungary, kind of not knowing um, what's gonna happen to us. And, you know, just with a lot of uncertainty. And as you can imagine, the kind of stress that that would put on parents with two young kids. Yeah. Um, so my dad always had a dream of coming to Australia. Back then, this was like paradise, and mm. um, yeah, it's just put that started to put that into motion by um, literally going to the Australian embassy and speaking to them like, "How can we get to Australia? How can we get to Australia?" Um, was really really determined, and eventually. Um, I think about after a year and a half, we were granted a humanitarian visa. Okay. And so as a family, you've arrived out here in Australia. You, you mentioned to me earlier that uh, five of you were living in a one-bedroom apartment with your grandma, so six in total. Um, what was it like when you first actually arrived here and you were living in that, that apartment? Obviously, it was crowded, but uh, what, was, what are your, your memories of what it was like back then? Um... I remember it was kind of, there was a lot of uncertainty and it was, um, I do remember my parents being quite stressed. Um, and that, so they enrolled us into English language school. 
there, there was a lot of fear for me, you know, being put into an environment with all these strangers, not knowing how to communicate. I remember saying to my mom, oh, mommy, I don't even know how to ask to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and yeah. her advice was, just get up and leave the classroom and go to the bathroom. <laughs> like, you don't need to <laughs> Right. And I, I remember the difficulties we faced around, like, the language barriers and, it, like, how frustrating it can be when, you know, you're trying to convey a message and the other person's not understanding. Um, but throughout it all, like, I just really commend my parents for, um, honestly, like, looking back, I don't know, at least in front of us, that, that they just kept so strong and kind of still made us feel safe and secure. And, you know, we never, it never felt like um, we were going without. Like, they always made sure we had food and especially me because I have an older brother, but I feel like I was sheltered um, quite well from, I guess, what was really happening and certainly at times how bad the circumstances were because I don't remember being quite aware at the time. It was only as I got older and speaking to my parents, I was really finding out. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like I can't believe that. Um, to tell you the truth, I didn't even actually know that we were in a refugee camp at the time we were there. Wow. Okay. And how old were you when you first arrived here in Australia? Um, I had just turned seven when we came here. Wow. And, and so what was it like going to, to school, junior school and high school? And, and what was that experience like for you? Um, it was tough. There, were, there was a lot of bullying. Um, yeah. So, you know, kids can be quite nasty at times. So we were different and ate different food. And um, I remember being bullied quite a lot. And it also didn't help. I was really, really shy as a kid. And so... Even once I'd learned English, I refused to speak because I was really embarrassed. I didn't feel confident in my ability to speak English. So then I got bullied for that a lot. And then that kind of made me revert further back into my shell. Um, and I kind of, high school was really not a fun time for me either. Again, it was just a lot of bullying and I kind of felt like I didn't quite fit in. Um, there was always this like, that there's something different about me. Um, I don't quite fit in here. And so I just focused on my studies and like I was talking about before that, that determination to make something of myself. I thought, well, at least I've been given this opportunity for an education. And so I just really threw myself into that and that's sort of what got me through. Okay. Fantastic. So you, you, um, and the point that I'm making that's fantastic is where you've come from to where you are now. So you were back then you were shy, you were, introverted you were being bullied at school was there a particular moment for you that turned you into wanting to achieve or becoming a high achiever is there a particular point in your life where that happened i think academically i always was um you know i guess that allowed me to be a high achiever within the confines of like being shy and introverted you know, I didn't have to talk to my books and that felt quite safe for me. So in that respect, um, I was always a high achiever. And then having my parents as role models who always worked really hard. Yeah. Uh, I got a job as soon as I could work. So I started working at 14. Um, even to put myself through my studies, I was working full-time and studying full-time. Um, this is when you're at university? Yeah, once I got to university, I worked all throughout BCE and was just, you know, saving my money. Um, but for me, like at the time, it didn't, I never conceptualized it as me being a high achiever. It was just kind of my north. 
like this is just what we do. We work hard for what we want and we stay determined and, you know, we do what we can to, to build a future. Um, and so I saw my parents doing that, you know, to this day, my dad still works seven days a week. So, um, I guess that was modeled to me from a really young age. So I really value hard work. Um, yep. and that just stuck with me throughout. And so you went through university and what um, degree or, or level of qualification did you receive? So my background is in psychology. So I got my bachelor's in applied science and I went on to do my honours. And then I eventually got my master's degree in professional psych, which was a few years ago now. Yeah. Um, and I ended up, so for the last almost 10 years, I was working within um, corrections. Um, and so. At times that meant I was based in a prison. Other times I was working with people transitioning out of prison in the community. So I, I worked in various capacities um, in, yeah, within corrections. Okay, okay. So you got your master's in psychology and then eventually wound up working for the Department of Corrections, working with uh, people in jails and, and trying to help them to turn their lives around. Pretty much, predominantly um, in drug and alcohol and then um, did some work more in the later years around um, high violent offenders, serious violent offending, um, okay. predominantly in drug and alcohol rehabilitation and um, helping people reintegrate back into society and what that looks like for them. Okay, interesting. And what was that piece of news that you shared with me earlier where you just applied uh, recently and what happened? Oh, that's right. Uh, you're talking about TEDx? I certainly am. <laughs> um, uh, so as I was saying, like I've, I've always loved what TEDx stands for ever since I came across um, a TEDx talk by Brene Brown uh, on vulnerability a few years ago. I've always watched TEDx talks um, to learn and kind of grow and I've just always been fascinated. And so... A few weeks ago, well, a couple of months ago now, um, I was on the TEDx website in Melbourne and I was just like, I really would love to get involved with the organisation. And the, there's obviously, it, it's a volunteer run organisation. Um, yep. So I was on the website and looking at how, how I can get involved. And the, obviously, there's an application process. And I remember at the time thinking that there's a little blurb on the website that says you know they get a high volume of applications only successful people will be contacted and in that moment I was just like oh part of me was like what's the point of even applying you know they must get so many applications you won't even get through and then the other part of me was like well, what have you got to lose like if you don't try of course you'll get nothing but at least if you try you put yourself out there you don't know what will come of it and then a week later I got an email from them saying that they would like to interview me um, so, yeah, I got called in, had an interview, um, and they, you know, we liked each other in terms of how I can fit into the organisation. And I got to meet everyone last week on Monday and get a bit of an understanding of what happens behind the scenes, which is really fascinating yep. um, in terms of how speakers are chosen and sort of what goes on um, before speakers go on stage and how much preparation and um, coaching is required just for you know that that 18 minute talk so it was it's really cool to get um, a thorough understanding especially like for me just seeing something you know something that I'm watching online and 
being really fascinated by to now being involved with it is so exciting. So you've you've been accepted for a role within TEDx Melbourne, is that right? Yes, that's right. Well, congratulations! That's amazing. Yeah, I'll be well. Yeah, I'll be volunteering with them. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. As long as long as you're in, that's that's a, a springboard to hopefully bigger and brighter things in the future. Hopefully, we'll we'll see your TEDx talk in the next uh, twelve to eighteen months or whenever it happens. <laughs> uh, Not that we're putting any pressure on. <laughs> okay, so what led you? What led you to becoming a business coach specialising in work-life balance? How did that come about? Um, I guess a few. Well, basically through. Um, I've always valued personal development, and I've put in a lot of hours into my own learning and development over the years while still working at the prison. Um, and then a few years ago. I went through some things in my personal life um, and I was very blessed to give birth to my son. So I've got a little one and I, something within me, there was, I always had this dream of having my own business and starting, but there was a fear that always kind of held me back. And after having my son, um, that just inspired me even further. Like I said, I've always been a high achiever and valued hard work. But after having him, I thought, what, you know, what kind of example do I want to set for him? Um, mm -hmm. Because I look at him and I'm like, you know, he's limitless. He, there's literally nothing in the world he can't do if he, he sets his mind to it. And I thought, well, I need to model that to him. So what message am I sending if I have these dreams and I'm not going after them because of fears? And that's really what drove me to be like, it's time. Like, not that there's ever a right time, right? And that's another thing that I thought I could wait five years, 10 years. Um, whenever we push ourselves out of our comfort zone, it's never going to feel safe. It's never going to feel like it's the right time. So I just decided to take the plunge and move forward. Um, and I guess always in the past as well, being a high achiever, I feel like while I was able to do a lot in my life, it was always to the detriment of something else. So, you know, when I, I was working really hard and working on my master's degree, I, I neglected, you know, my physical health or my mental health or, um, my relationships or social networks. And so for me right now, um, I, I've moved in this space of, I recognize how important it is to have balance across all areas of our life. And that's not to say don't work hard, but it, it's about, you know, that saying of work smarter, not harder. Mm -hmm. For me now, success is having abundance in all areas of my life. And um, yeah, it, it really achieving success in a way in business that isn't going to cost me my relationship with my family or my son or isn't going to cost me my health because at the end of the day like what's the point of you having a thriving successful business if, if at the end of the day you're depressed or you're not able to enjoy the rewards of that or you know the your relationships break down and you have no one to kind of enjoy it with so for me it's kind of really shifted the way I view success and, mm -hmm. and the way I live my life and move forward. Well, at the end of the day, it's it's all for quality time with those quality people around you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter how much success you have. If you have not got quality time with those, those closest people to you, then what's it all for? Exactly right. And yeah. usually for a lot of people, like we become so focused on one area and pushing towards that 
you can't at the time don't really see the impact it's having on the other areas of your life until it's too late, unfortunately. Yep. So for me, it's been about taking a step back and looking at, you know what? I can have it all. <laughs> I want it all. I don't want to sacrifice anything. And, and how can I do this? Um, and really just putting some healthy habits into place and, and practicing that. And for me, it always comes back to what example do I want to set for my son? What, okay. Um, because kids, I mean, kids, most of the time, they don't do what we say. They copy what we do. Yes. And so I can't tell him, um, I can't tell him to be and do whatever he wants if I'm not, if I'm incongruent with that message. Then he's like, well, then why aren't you doing it? Exactly. Um, so that I always come, I always, that always helps to ground me um, and come back to this place of, um, what, what message am I sending? Not just to him, to everyone else, right? Because I feel like the example you set for other people, you can you can kind of bash someone over the head, so to speak, with your message and be like, you should do this, you should do this. But um, most of the time, people are inspired by the way you live your life. So exactly. that attracts people and that's what's going to, um, you know, cause that positive ripple effect. So tell me, how did you actually get started with your business as a business coach? Um, so I became more and more heavily involved in my own personal development. Um, I started studying NLP, mm -hmm. um, and to be honest, it was after doing, um, my NLP course that really shifted my mindset. And I just thought it's time, like it's time for me to step out of the nine to five and to really make this dream happen. Um, and I haven't looked back since it was really I remember I was in Sydney when I was doing the course and there was just this moment where I was just like, I know what I need to do. Like it, the time has come. And um, I came home and I resigned straight away. And everyone, okay. <laughs> I remember such a shock to everyone. Like what, what has happened? Like, and I thought nothing. I've just, I've things shifted for me in such a massive way, you know, like when, when the penny just drops and I thought, no, I need to do this. And that's not to say it was an easy decision or, that I didn't doubt or second guess myself because obviously our brain always tries to keep us safe. And I just did this um, crazy thing. Some might even say reckless and <laughs> you know, you're, you're throwing away your career, but I didn't see it that way. And I remember the day after I resigned, I woke up the next day with such a sense of peace. Um, mm -hmm. And funnily enough, then my mind started to worry about like, why aren't you worried? You just quit. Why do you, you know, like, you want to, <laughs> worry about um yeah that was that was really the catalyst okay so t um tell us why do you think uh, mindset and the way people actually think is so fundamental to the results they achieve to their success um our, look our mindset is the foundation to everything really like it's the, it's the foundation to your relationships um to anything you do so that there's a two main types of mindset and um, you know growth mindset or fixed mindset and so if we come from a fixed mindset then people you're not going to push yourself to be more and achieve more i feel like as human beings we all have this um i don't know i guess this driving force inside of us to just constantly evolve and develop into better versions of ourselves but a growth mindset kind of holds that back and mm -hmm. says you know if you were born with certain sets of skills um, 
like you can't be better than what you are. Your IQ is set and you, it kind of just keeps you stuck in that place. So people don't bother to be better, to push themselves more. Whereas from a growth mindset, it's that basically saying that you're in control of your own ability. You're, um, you're limitless. Basically it, it creates motivation. It creates this, um, platform where you look at obstacles as an opportunity to learn and grow and to to build upon you look at failure you know it's like i love this saying you the faster i fail the faster i grow yes. um so you can have two people go through the exact same circumstance and one of them will use that as a stepping stone to their success and one person will allow that to hold them back and stay um stay where they're at and even go backwards and that all comes back to mindset and your perspective and the the attitude you have about life and we all have a choice on what perspective and mindset we want to take yeah i often have told the story of um two people who were involved in in a car accident both of them were in exactly this in the same car and um the car ran off the road rolled over several times was a complete write-off thankfully both people got out of the car uninjured um one of them got back into another car the next day and continues to drive to this very day and the other one has never got back into a car since yeah and that's the difference in mindset that's the difference in associations that either of them have linked up to that particular experience and so absolutely i can i completely agree with you so tell me what, what can you do to develop a high performance mindset um there's lots of different i like to call them success habits that you can do but for me i guess ultimately it comes back to being consistent with what you're doing mm -hmm. um so really believe that and um sorry i just lost my, lost my train of thought yeah i really believe that little little improvements every single day um are, are fundamental to our success and cultivating that you know I guess, high performance mentality. So it, if you improve, I really love this. Um, I read it in a book, but if you improve 1% every day, that's 365% in a whole year. But yep. most people um, don't, don't value that because you don't get the quick results and everybody wants to, you know, I do this once and I just want the results straight away. It doesn't work like that. Yep. So it comes back to just being consistent and setting really healthy habits um, every day that, that help you improve physically, you know, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, that you, you target all areas of your life. So, um, you know, the, one of the biggest practices that I believe in, and I know that this has become really popular and aware around mindfulness and, and being present. And one of the biggest things we can do in terms of um, cultivating this high performance mindset is focusing on what we can control and you know you, you might have failed yesterday but it doesn't mean like if you allow that to overshadow what you're doing right now it's, it's detrimental to you moving forward um and looking at i was listening to this podcast about nba players you know and they're talking about like if someone has missed seven shots in a row they still believe the eighth one is going in yep. because that's um they're really focused in the moment. They're not allowing the past to overshadow what they're currently doing. So coming back to this idea of 
mindfulness and, and practicing that daily to focus on the here and now, what we can control, mm -hmm. um, control what has happened. There's, there's nothing we can do about that. Um, the only thing we can impact is, is how we use that to learn and grow from it and then and move forward. Um, the other aspects of it as well is like focusing on the process. So quite often people get overwhelmed because they look at the, the big picture and they're like, oh my gosh, there's a million things I need to do. It's the same as like, if you look at a house and someone said, okay, you need to build that, you'd become overwhelmed. You're like, where do I even begin? Whereas mm -hmm. if you break it down, it's like, okay, first let's lay the foundation, which is, you know, the right mindset. Um, and then you start laying it brick by brick. And that comes back to anything, whether it's business and life, like you really, you look at what the outcome is that you want and then you break that process down into small achievable bits and deadlines. And if you look at that, you know, with the house as well, like first you lay the foundation and you put up the frame um, and then, you know, you start laying the bricks. If that's what, if you focus on that, you're able to move forward. And Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Was that book you were talking about by Brian Tracy? No, because um, he has a, a, a um, principle or a strategy of just improving by one percent per day. It was, I think it's called Atomic Habits. Okay, can't remember the author, but yeah, it's called Atomic Habits. Okay, interesting. And um, why is or why do you find, uh, particularly with your clients, that having a high performance mindset can be so important and so beneficial to people in business? Um, because it really allows you, I mean, high performance kind of looks different for everyone. It's you coming to this place of performing, um, at your best and, and being the most effective. Um, and you know, that can look different for different people, but obviously if, if you're the one running your business, the success of your business is really dependent on how well you're able to perform. Right. And that yeah. comes back to um, our energy levels, like if you're really tired all the time and, and just running on coffee, um, you're not going to be thinking as clearly, uh, you're not going to have the energy to put into your projects and, you know, if you've got staff to motivate your staff. So it's really important to get your body and your energy in um, at its peak. And for most people, you know, they've never really actually pushed themselves to see what they're capable of. Mm. Most people feel like, oh no, that's too hard. Like they don't even bother trying. No one's I don't, you don't know, meet that many people that have really pushed their body to its capacity, that have really pushed their mind to its capacity. So high performance is about how can we get you performing at an effective level um, consistently over a long period of time. So I'm not talking about, you know, we, we can all have short bursts of like doing really well for a month or a year, or whatever, and then we fall back. High performance is about how can we do this consistently over a long period? And it's about doing it in a way that you're not going to burn out. You're looking yeah. after yourself in all areas. Okay, interesting. Um, and so do you have some productivity tips or strategies that you can provide that you would suggest or recommend? Yeah, sure. Um, so the biggest one for me that when it comes to productivity is most people are busy doing day-to-day -day tasks and I kind of I see it as like you know the hamster running on the wheel yeah so they're really really busy they get to the end of the week they're absolutely tired like oh I've, I've done so much work but the work that they're actually doing 
isn't moving the needle in their business. So it's just more like everyday tasks. They think um, they're doing the right things, but it's not, they're not putting in the efforts where it's actually needed. So that's about looking at, you know, coming back to the analogy I used with the house and looking at, okay, so what's the vision of your business? What, mm. what direction are you actually going on? Let's break that down to, you know, say you have like your five-year plan. Let's break that down to a two-year plan, to one year, to six months, to three months. What do I need to be doing this week? What, what's my mm -hmm. weekly goal? And then that down every day. And those are, those are the tasks um, that you need to focus on firstly that, that are going to start to move your business forward. So not what you think you should be doing, but systematically actually breaking it down and looking yeah. at what's going to move your business forward. And then planning. Um, most people underestimate this. So I don't have time to plan. Um, but it actually saves you so much time. And if you spend a little bit of time on, you know, Sunday, just kind of scheduling everything you need to do for the week, sending in the time. And at the start of every single day, spending, you know, 10 to 15 minutes looking at, okay, what is it? What's my outcome? What's my intention for the day? What do I want to achieve? Planning the day and really thinking about what does excellence look like for, um, for each activity? And Brendan Brashard talks about this. So really being intentional about everything you're doing that day, um, what you're trying to achieve, and that helps you focus. And also coming back to the coming back to your why um, around, you know, in business, we, we don't always do things we like or that are enjoyable, mm -hmm. like always feel like doing it, but coming back to your why, what's your driving motivator to do that? Um, that's going to help you stay productive as well. But I guess the, yeah, the two main things is like um, really allocate some time to planning your week and your day. I think yeah. that that is fundamental to productivity. Um, and look, look at what you're actually spending your time doing. Like what mm. is it that you're putting it into and start tracking that. And are you spending it on tasks that are moving your business forward or are you just spending it on things that are keeping you busy, but it's not your life's work, so to speak. Um, and Coming, uh, talking about productivity as well, something that people underestimate, when we get really busy, we start to neglect, you know, we don't eat properly, we don't drink enough water. And it's funny because it's these really simple things that make the biggest difference, right? Yes. In terms of your productivity, if your brain's not functioning at its peak, we yeah. know that our, producti our productivity levels just dip. Yeah. Um, so taking breaks, Frequently, like uh, we were talking about earlier, our brain actually needs a, um, a break between every 45 to 50 minutes for it to function at its peak. It can't keep sustained focus for longer periods than that. Most people don't do that. They'll sit at their desk for hours and it doesn't mean you go take, a, you know, like a half an hour break every time. It's about five minutes, get up from your desk, have a glass of water, yes. stretch, and go to the bathroom, whatever it is. And then come back. That's going to again help keep your productivity levels consistent because your brain is able to focus and stay focused for longer mm. periods. Absolutely, I thoroughly agree with you. In fact, particularly with regards to planning, I remember a saying, hearing a saying years ago that I've never forgotten and I love, which is um, those who fail to plan plan to fail. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that too. Yeah, those who fail to plan, plan to fail. And um, the other one, which is um, fail standard, stands for 
fast acquiring improved learnings. When you think about it, that's exactly what it is, fast acquiring improved learnings or increased learnings. And one of the things that I, I've always learned, especially as a martial artist, um, is that when we have these preconceived um, levels or bar, as, as we call it, and of what our limits may be, and once we reach that bar, we think we cannot go any further or we cannot go any higher. But if you raise that bar, both physically and mentally, to another level, then it's a whole new level. And, and people find that really difficult to comprehend, but it can actually be raised again and again and again. And if you look at the, the most successful people on the planet, the, the billionaire entrepreneurs even, uh, the, the Richard Bransons of this world, the Grand Cordones, etc. Um, we all have 24 hours in each and every day. So what makes them different to most of the rest of us? Really simple, their mindset, how they think. Exactly right. Um, quite often I hear so many people say, oh, I don't have time, I don't have time. And admittedly, that used to be me. Um, you know, being, being a single mom, working, um, focusing on my fitness and learning and development. Um, and I'd always be like, I don't have time. And to be honest, that was the biggest thing that kind of held me back from even starting my own business. Cause I thought, well, if I don't have time working as I am now, how on earth am I ever going to have time if I start my own business? And yeah, it's funny. Like time is something that is the same for every single person on this planet. So mm -hmm. we might be different backgrounds and different privileges and you know, all that thing. Um, that, that differentiates us and makes us unique. But time is something that isn't unique to anyone. We all have the same amount of time every day and it's more about how we invest that time. And yeah. I think it was Kervin Ray that said, it's not about managing your time, it's about managing your energy because we can't manage time. Time is time. Yeah, yeah. How do we manage our energy and what we choose to invest our time into? Yeah, and I think the other thing too is um, not to waste time because Wasted time is time you cannot get back. Exactly. And it's funny, um, sometimes people can be, I guess, a bit um, selective, like, oh, I don't want to spend money on this and, and really worried about. And I just think money is a renewable resource. Yeah. Anything, is, um, anything we have at our disposal is renewable except our time. Like, that mm. is the only thing we can never get back. Yet, Quite often we don't, um, we're not grateful for it and we don't actually value it for what it is until it's too late. Yeah, absolutely. So are there any particular takeaways that you would give the audience, the viewers, um, so that they can work on their own mindsets and, and work more towards a high performance mindset? Are there any particular suggestions that you would have? Um, I'd really, the first thing that I recommend for most people, and this comes back to, as you were talking before, if you look at any successful person in the world, literally anyone who's um, achieved success at a high level, they all have a morning routine. They all yeah. have consistent habits that they do every single day. So look at, do you have a morning routine? Do you get up early? Um, or do you just kind of roll out of the roll out of bed, start your day without even thinking about it? So coming back, to starting your day intentionally um, and that comes back to yeah setting up a morning routine what is it that you do first thing in the morning um, so for me like and again there's so many studies and, and scientific research now that validates this but around meditating in the morning around exercising in the morning drinking water um, when you first get up 
um, practicing affirmations and, you know, that's around kind of sending messages to your subconscious about the kind of person you want to be because we all have fears and limiting beliefs, but um, we're starting to challenge that through practicing affirmations. Um, journaling, again, that's one that um, people underestimate, but like really writing down so many powerful ideas and, and things can come out of journaling, um, practicing gratitude. And that's such a big one because you're not, if you're trying to move forward from a place of scarcity, you're never going to be able to achieve the level of success that you want. But if you come from a place of gratitude and wholeness and be like, oh my gosh, I'm so, so grateful for what I have already. And you move from that place, you'll, you'll be able to achieve so much more. Um, and th again, there's actually studies that have been done about this, that um, successful people are successful because they started off from that place of wholeness and gratitude and happiness that's what drives them to move forward yeah absolutely well thank you tina it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and and there's some there's some wonderful insights in there that i'm sure the viewers will get a hell of a lot out of so thank you so kindly for joining us today and and giving us your knowledge and your experience in the areas of, of high performance we, we thoughtfully appreciate your time thank you it's been my absolute pleasure. Thank you.